You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Let's take that journey into mystery and talk about Avengers Infinity War from 2018. Can you believe that, guys, it was it was 2018 when this movie came out? You're a liar. I know, right? It's just it just seemed it doesn't seem that long ago, but that's over two years ago now. Like, I don't know. It's crazy. Ian, we have yeah. a special guest with us today. Where? I mean, to me, he's like below you, but for you, yeah, he's right there for me too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Case. Uh, it's great to have you here. Certain POV po- uh, podcast network. How's it going? It's going great. Thank you for having me on. I am so happy to take this journey into mystery and talk about what was a, a monumental movie. I, I'm so <laughs> excited to be here to talk to you guys. This is great. So you know, this is where I would obligatory if we were streaming, I would have to stop everything and say, chat, if you do not say hi to case right now, I will fight each and every one. <laughs> and that would be his uh, obligatory fight everybody <laughs> statement for the, for the podcast. Yeah, that, that, that's my one per show. <laughs> <laughs> um, but case, like, tell us everything about you and in, in certain POV. Uh, all right. Well, I like to think of certain POV as being sort of the, the East Coast version of Geek Elite, although we do have some West Coasties on our, on our team here. Uh, we, you know, we're, we're a bunch of nerds with different points of view. Um, started off as a Star Wars podcast, and we've got a whole bunch of shows. I host three of them, one of which is Another Pass, which is a movie podcast where we talk about movies and try to hypothetically fix them at the time of production. So like, if you were a producer on a thing, could, like what suggestions could you have made to like make it work better? If you were the editor, what could you have done? But don't be like, well, I, let's in- insert actor who was not acting at the time into this movie or so- stuff like that. Uh, I host Men of Steel, which is a Superman appreciation podcast, although we kind of delve into characters who are adjacent to Superman all the time. Um, and I'm also the dungeon master for Scruffy Nerf Herders, which is our Star Wars Dungeons and Dragons game. I love all the things you just said. <laughs> I mean, when he describes it, when he describes himself and all that, it, it all sounds very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I've actually been a guest on on two of his shows. I've been on uh, another pass a couple times and Men of Steel. And I want to say I just not even just listened to it, but I listened to uh, your Kingdom Come episode not too long ago of Men of Steel. There was I've, I love that story. I love that trade. I've read it so many times. But you still the two the three of you still gave me so much more information that I didn't know about. Like that was amazing. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, Men of Steel in a kind of a way was like an excuse to be like, let's go reread some of my favorite comic book stories from growing up and and beyond, and like force me to actually like stay abreast of things. Uh, and it, it's great to like go back and look at this thing that yeah I've read it a billion times and be like, oh, I caught new details and like oh this the context changes as as you get older and the world has changed yes yeah i mean that that is the most like poignant point of the of it that as you get older the comics seems to change you know like it's 
it definitely hits in a different spot. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the the series I can't wait to talk about at some point, which is not directly Superman, but is uh, very close is uh, I I can't wait to talk about the, the 12 issue squadron Supreme maxi series from the (laughs) eighties, because, Oh my God, do I bring that up all the time and talking about politics today? (laughs) Because it's so, (laughs) it's so on the nose of being like, well, what if you go like, what if you do too much? What's, What, what what is too what is too much <laughs> what is yeah no that 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 hits that that yeah that makes sense uh now when it, when we were doing when we started up this particular podcast Ian uh talking about the MCU case you know hit me up with a message and be like hey i have a very uh astute take on infinity war that i would love to talk to you about <laughs> i mean i didn't use the, the word astute no. but <laughs> but i appreciate you uh, you throwing that out there uh, <laughs> you guys were actually speculating on like well what is a view order that's like the tightest one you could do mm-hmm. um and i i had offered this one uh so i wanted to throw that out here specifically on this episode because <laughs> this is obviously where you get to the the, the two-part finale this and endgame yep. um yeah so the tightest viewing order you could give to someone who had never seen an MCU movie, but is at least culturally aware of the concept of superheroes is Avengers one guardians of the galaxy, civil war, infinity war and Endgame. Wow. And here's my okay. logic on this one. Avengers one is a fabulous movie for introducing everyone to all of the characters in it. It does an introduction for every character in it because it assumes that you have at most watched, or I shouldn't say at most, at at least watched one, but not knowing which one you watched. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So they introduce all the characters very well, and they set up the idea of a superhero team. Guardians of the Galaxy does the same thing, but for space, and they explain Infinity Stones. Uh, You could make an argument for Avengers 2, but they it's redundant basically Um, and again all the phase one stuff builds to avengers one but uh, avengers one kind of goes into it being like well i I bet they watched iron man one right or i bet they watched you know maybe they watched cap or maybe they just watched thor like but they set it up pretty well um coming back for civil war again as long as you're culturally aware of the concept of superheroes and that there will be more superheroes and that there are other movies you missed like not not just being like okay just jump in and you know you're you're there you kind of get explained most of the characters sufficiently when you go to civil war of like the big details you need, because again, it mostly comes down to cap and iron man. And then it's sort of like peripheral details about some of the, some of the side characters in there. Um, But again, guardians of the galaxy is super important. You need to know those characters and like have your basic idea for it. And then you get to infinity war and they do the same thing. Avengers does, which is a pretty good explanation of characters. If you didn't happen to see specific movies, and likewise, as with Endgame, again, as long as you're in the same mode of like, well, I watched a th- like I, I would jump into like mid issues in like superhero stories. I would come into TV shows in the second or third season all the time because I happened to be what was airing. I can understand that there are characters that I don't know all their backstories. I don't know all the details, but at least I can follow the story. And this, I think, is a tight enough order where you follow all the details and maybe maybe you have questions, but it's not questions of like how could all, any of this work because they do enough to explain like the the basic skeleton so i th- i mean i i agree with you i think i think that is that's a pretty tight uh list there i think the only one that i would add in is captain marvel cuz i think you need her story for why she shows up at, in in game 
suddenly and then also how she has such big power as she is essentially a infinity store an infinity stone too counterpoint okay if instead of captain marvel which is a fairly obscure character generally speak she's been pushed bigger in oh, recently yeah. if it had been superman and they never offered an explanation for Superman. If it was a Superman symbol on his pager at the end of the movie, and then he's just there at the start of Endgame. Right. And I agree. They probably should have done a little bit more explanation of the of what happened off screen uh, <laughs> between those two movies. Uh, I don't know if like Captain Marvel really provides that much information that we needed to know for this. Like, that, I think that's my biggest issue I have with Captain Marvel, which is that she didn't um, like I, I think prequels as a uh, or like being inserted in the middle as a flashback is a really useful narrative device. But it should in some way change our understanding of the stakes. Um, and I don't think that Captain Marvel did that very well. And that's my my main gripe with that movie, that uh, by being a prequel that doesn't adjust how we understand the infinity stones. It doesn't reveal that like the infinity stone that was in play was a fake or something like that, or its power was being siphoned. Like it didn't change how we understand the consequences of infinity war going into Endgame. Okay. Like, I, I just don't think her movie <laughs> provides that much for that, for that specific thing. Like I, I like, I like Captain Marvel and I, I'm not bashing it for the purpose of this conversation, especially because, it's not germane since it hadn't come out yet when the movie we're talking about came out. Hey, you know, I just realized that we didn't in our watch on Saturday. We didn't wait around for the after credit scene, did we? Oh, we totally didn't. What kind of monsters are we? We were just like, cool, it's done. Bye. Yeah, we watched the pager go off, but we didn't actually wait for her to like just pop in. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's weird. I don't even remember watching the pager go off. Well, we did because we. That's when. Uh, uh, when Nick Fury like gets snapped, <laughs> and he, that's the one time where you're like, "Oh, is he gonna say it? Is he gonna say it?" And then he gets snapped before he can swear, and everybody goes, "Oh, come on, man!" <laughs> now more than any time, yeah. <laughs> this this is the appropriate time for him to go, "Motherfucker!" Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have a friend at work who's watching all of the MCU movies, and they are watching the they they said that they're they were told that the best way to watch them is in chronological order like timeline wise and i was like okay that could be fun like it could be fun you're going to get a jumbled story but like it could be a good time my one thing i going back to the captain marvel thing i was like my one thing is i would recommend you don't watch captain marvel in chronological order or by the time you get to endgame you will not remember who that character is <laughs> yeah <clears throat> phase one in chronological order works really well because um, there's only a few areas where it's like particularly noticeable and then like cap coming back the gap isn't that huge and you're like okay cool i'm 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 here for it um but uh once you get to all three phases there's just so much those gaps yeah. are huge mind you exactly. my, my super tight order is not like the best order it's just like what's the bare minimum if like you showed someone It'll who get you was, there like, yeah someone who had like watched a, like, who like really liked the cw yeah, and like yeah. it was like, oh, I've never seen an MCU movie. I don't know anything. What's the but? I, and I'm really scared about all these movies. What's the bare minimum? Uh, I would I would tell them. So you watch all the CW shows, and you're scared of all these movies. <laughs> fair, also fair. <laughs> Can you think of another movie before this that had 
like so much building up to it and such a large cast. Like, I mean, the first Avengers movie has the f- six of them. Yeah, six of them. Plus Loki. But like this has everybody in it. And it's insane. Not to this scale, but the last one before this that I remember it, I want to say like it was like the fifth Fast and Furious movie when they just had a massive cast and they were like, this is going to be the best one yet. All the explosions, all the cars. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm down. <laughs> this has, but this one is like an actual moment in history. Yes. Yeah, I mean, like the fifth Fast and Furious movie is is kind of like Avengers one in that regard. Where yeah, it's like okay, we're gonna bring all the people from Too Fast, Too Furious are gonna be mingling with your your one guy from Tokyo Drift, and also like your your mainstream, the Fast and the Furious, and also Fast and Furious. I don't know. I mean, it's it's a hard scenario because the, like the Marvel experiment is so weird for a movie. You know, like the you could imagine it for a TV show. Like they've done crossovers. Like they did like that. Um, the the NBC big crossover uh, back in the '90s, where like on Mad About You, there was like a power outage, and then every show that night had to deal with like a blackout. Um, That's right. Where they had like crossovers like that. You could do that with TV. Um, I don't watch them, but like all those like Chicago series, I know have like sort of like backdoor crossovers. Um, (laughs) Of course you do, Mitch. Of course I do. (laughs) But, but like that, you, you kind of like with the lower stakes of being a TV show and like the sort of intrinsic nature of a larger continuity as a result of being a serialized production, you get that. That's why comic books like thrive on that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but movies are supposed to be like a one and done and like maybe you get a sequel and maybe maybe there's some tie in to something. But like I can't think of a lot of like multi franchise crossovers like that, like uh, like Harry Potter's big and had like, you know, you get getting to the Deathly Hallows. That was like a big hurdle, but I can't think of material like I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I mean, it it, it makes complete sense to why, like, when they first announced Infinity War, that it was going to be Infinity War Part One, Infinity War Part Two. Like, it the 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 size of this had to have been daunting. Like, <laughs> I couldn't imagine taking on something like that. It's a good thing there was two of them. Like, the Russo brothers are doing the <laughs> the work together. Uh, I was going to say just like on the fact that it's Infinity War 1 and 2 I'm sorry this is kind of a a topic jump but was anybody else the first time you watched this was like did you kind of forget that there was supposed to be a part 2 and then when the whole snap happened you were like wait (laughs) so you mentioned that on the stream and actually I hadn't thought about the other perspective um, because I always remembered that it was supposed to be part 1 and 2 and always just assumed that they were going to lose because of like, that. Like going and into it, I was like, oh yeah, it's a two-parter. But like, right. but by the time we got there, I was like, no, no, no this is one story. Like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it's hard to look back and see it as, as one movie. Um, but, but it is interesting to try to think about, about this movie. If you didn't know there was a sequel and like, that's always sort of the problem now with like the MCU movies of like, well, but we have so far ahead, you know, announced the lineup. If, all you knew was the next movie. And so you watch black Panther and then you knew that infinity was where it was coming out up until the very last minute of this movie. It feels like, man, this is the battle we've all been building up towards. 
Like this is this is the end of Return of the King. This is Neo kind of coming face to face with a baby robot. Like <laughs> that's where we're we're at. Um, and and then they lose, and that's that's sort of the amazing, um, secretly subversive part about Infinity War going into Endgame. Um, but I never actually had that perspective when I was in theaters the first time because I always was like. Oh, it's supposed to be part two. The next one's already announced. It's coming out in a year. (laughs) And the big thing for me, the big surprise for me, wasn't the fact that they lost or the fact that people got snapped. It was the people that got snapped for me. Like, going into this, uh, you know, at the very end, like, the scene where you have T'Challa and Okoye, you know, going to reach hands and he's like, no, no, you're not going to die today. Like, you expect Okoye to start to disappear at that moment but it's, yeah, it's him framed that way it is it, it, mm, the framing yeah. on that and the and the fact that black panther was such a huge phenomenon and you know it's it's hard to talk about it now given you know the the passing of chadwick boseman but like oh man like you're you're like yeah he's gonna come and he's gonna be horrified when he pulls away just ash and then mm-hmm. instead it's it's him like and the camera does a flip and it's a like really well shot scene that like we did not take credit for at the time no and, no we really didn't the line there is uh get up general this is no place to die that's right yeah yeah get up general this is no place to die and he grabs her hand and then just turns to ash it's like whoa (laughs) hold on what like (laughs) you just said (laughs) you you lied to me i mean to me it, it i thought that the old guard the original avengers of this mcu were gonna be the ones that go missing and then in the second movie, part two, which ends up being in game, you would have like the the original Avengers having their own adventure in Soul World, so to speak, and then the new Avengers trying to get them back. But we get a totally different movie than what I expected for Endgame. Like the idea of, you know, we can't just set everything back to the way it was because I have a daughter now. Is the first time? I guess we'll talk about that when we get to Endgame. Yeah. It's three I have, movies away. <laughs> I, I have I have beef with M, with Endgame Tony, and I mean we've had beef with Tony throughout this whole podcast. Tony makes bad decisions. Come on, <laughs> I'll say it here, and I'll say it again when we get to Endgame. Endgame is where we get Tony finally not making a like. He he's making a proactive decision and not a reactive decision. True. And the the proactive one being, I have a daughter now. I <laughs> can't do that anymore. Like we messed up the world, and this I guess it's a little reactionary where he's like, we messed up. I have a daughter. I don't want to mess the. I don't want to mess this up. But it's the first time we get him like thinking about more than just himself and his immediate action that screwed up last time to bring in <laughs> the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay so then how excited were you both when you first when you you you're first stepping into the theater to go watch infinity war i remember i actually bought a ticket to go watch the 3d version which i never do because i feel it's never worth it (laughs) but i wouldn't i wouldn't watch the 3d version i was very excited to the point that i think i was driving my wife insane (laughs) (laughs) We were sitting down in the theater and I'm like, oh my God, what time is it? What, like, how, how is it not started yet? And she's like, we got like 10 minutes. And I was like, 10 minutes is like, we could have started it by now if they really wanted to. Like, <laughs> come on. 
I mean, I was pumped. I from the from the end credits of Avengers one, I had been looking forward to Thanos actually making his appearance, and the fact that they were like drawing it out had been so wonderful. Like, uh, you know, by this point we had seen uh, <laughs> we had seen things like the at least the beginning stages. I forget what the release order specifically was, but with Justice League and like the attempt of like we're gonna get we're going to get dark side out there super fast. Uh, and uh, you know, it, it, and this felt like, Oh my God, they're taking so much time and they've got, you know, they've got jo- Josh Brolin as, as Thanos. Like that's a, that's a crazy cast pick. And we've like seen snippets of him. One of which was in guardians of the galaxy. Again, why it's in my like super tight <laughs> framework of, uh, of the MCU movies. Um, it, you know, if it, it was really exciting, we'd seen a lot of infinity stones at that point, you know, we were still missing the soul one and I was like, all right, cool. This is going to be great. You know, I'm, I'm really excited for all of this. Like how, how does it all come together? And then, um, uh, I, I, for the opening night, we bought our tickets like as soon as it came out or like as soon as you could like pre-order them. Um, and it was a watch party with, uh, me, my co-host for men of steel, J Mike, um, Ben and Addy, who are the hosts of certain point of view, like the flagship podcast of the network and uh, like all of our significant others and, and whatnot. And it was like a, just a huge event for us. Uh, it was like, finally, we're, we're here. And we walked past a, a screening of Black Panther as we were like walking in the theaters because it was still goddamn running because it was yep. so successful. And it's like, <laughs> man, the MCU, man. Woo. <laughs> Yeah, I think I remember going the night before to Black Panther again, just to watch it <laughs> before the night of. Uh, hey, you know what? I've always wondered this. In case, uh, tell me, since you live on the East Coast, do movies come out on Thursdays over there too? Yeah, yeah, uh, pretty much generally. Um, so, do, sometimes do they, big releases are Wednesdays, even, but like, yeah, Thursday is pretty frequent. Okay, do they? make you wait till because so the first showing here on thursday is like 7 p.m nowadays no they used to have like a midnight screening um now no it's uh i I think we saw it at like six or seven on uh on thursday night okay so you guys do seven also yeah it's it's not a time zone thing or if it is it's the time zone is not america time zone Got you. Okay. See, that's what I was going like. If the movie is supposed to come out on Friday, why is it that we get to see it at 7 p.m. on a Thursday? So, I, I like, I remember being in like college and having like midnight releases for movies. Yeah. I remember that too when I was in college. Like, you, you, if you wanted to see it on Thursday, you had to wait till midnight, which, you know, in my 30s, I'm glad that doesn't, that's not true. Right. right. <laughs> I want to stay up that late. But, uh, yeah, I always wondered, I just, I wondered if that was the same over on the East Coast, if it was a time zone thing or not, but I guess not. Uh, I mean, it's all bullshit anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, it really is. But OK, I mean, that's a yeah. weird, weird side travel. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I exist, like, there used to so be like a logic whatever. of like, like if it comes out and it would be still running by midnight and then it just sort of like started getting earlier and earlier just to fit more screenings in. And I think it's just that studios are like, yep, it's opening weekend. Thursday night counts. <laughs> So they they play by like convention rules. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Press day con- is Wednesday, and then you get into it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> your con weekend starts Wednesday. So when you first, because it was after Avengers when we first found out that Josh Brolin was going to be playing uh, Thanos. I, I'm guessing it would have been just before Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah. Uh, how, how did you all feel about that? casting because i don't think i was in for it 
I was hesitant. I don't really just... remember having strong feelings either way. Like he, he had started to like kind of have his comeback at that point. Like he, I can't really, I can't really remember. Honestly, I just thought it was weird. Like, why is it that he's this all of a sudden go to for comic book here? Cause he'd already played Jonah hex at that point. Uh, I don't think he had been Cable yet, right? In Deadpool mm-hmm. 2? When did Deadpool no. 2 come out? Significantly later. Was it? Was it 2019? Uh, Dead, Deadpool 1 came out like the year after Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, so. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay. So I remember I, like, Avengers 1. Yeah. 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 Well, no, Gar- Berlin wasn't Avengers 1, Thanos. It was a, a different actor who did yeah. the like, mocap of a guy smiling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. I was. Yeah. I have them mixed up then. I thought that he. I thought we knew about him all the way back at Avengers One. Like that's how my timeline works out. Um, <laughs> I could be very wrong. I've been known to to be the one who's very wrong on this show. So, <laughs> well, no, because they kept it under pretty good lock and key that Thanos was in Avengers One until True. the movie actually came out. It was like I remember being like, "All right, we're going to get to the uh, to the end, right? And we're going to see what the hell's uh, the end credit scene." Oh my god. It courts death. Oh my god! Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're uh, uh, the words are hard. It courts death, and then we're just not gonna have death in the MCU. I know, I know. Especially after like all the good theories about like Hella. Yeah, that would have yeah. been a great one. So courts death. We get Hella. Then we get to Infinity War, and he's just like needs to be balanced. <laughs> no, your your budget's bad. It doesn't balance. Like, here we go. It's like, all right, cool. So, like, killing half the universe. It'll be like, I need to kill half the universe so death notices me. And she thinks I'm cute. Like, right. No, that's not that's not his his anything. His anything, his everything is just like, people are starving, and I get that. So let's kill half of everybody. <laughs> so double all the resources. Nope. Right. I, have, I have the Infinity Gauntlet. I can be like, oh, everybody's good now. Nope. Kill everybody. <laughs> and half he even talks about his, like, and it was uh, kill half of everybody. It was going to be a lottery, so it was, it was non-biased. All right, dude, then your snap should have had the chance to kill you, too. I mean, it could have. He, 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 yeah. he wanted to be able to see the sunrise on a balanced universe. <laughs> and it would have been nice if he got to, which he did. But if he yeah. was part of the half that went away, then he would have been part of the half that went away. I'm upset. <laughs> yeah you know it kind of uh i hadn't thought about this before but it, it reminds me of do you guys remember the uh the marvel series time slip no it was like a Vaguely. comic thing in the 90s uh which was kind of a similar pitch to my show uh it'd be like well what if modern creators came in and were designing the superheroes then um and at first it was like an excuse for like artists to basically be like here's a cool new take on iron man that has like gears and shit or like here's mike allred's version of a spider-man outfit not beholden to the Steve Ditko design. Uh, but eventually like they let uh, like writers and artists come in with like pitches for, all right, well, here's a take starting scratch. And it would be like a one page sheet. Like probably the one that gets used the most is captain Britain, where he's got this like very cool, like um, like half mask and like a leather jacket design where he supposedly gets both the amulet and the sword instead of choosing one or the other, because it's a false choice. Anyway, the Punisher had one of those where instead of being a, a Vietnam vet, he's an accountant. Uh, and he notices that too many good people are dying and he goes mad and decides to balance the books. 
<laughs> where instead of instead of like reducing the number of people dying, he it he doubles it, but now it's all like all these bad people too. <laughs> you know what? He, he's got a point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like I think they were trying to create the sympathetic character, and ultimately, it's just not as interesting or as novel or as well thought out as as, as like I'm obsessed with death. Yeah, but that's. I mean, if you went with the I, I'm obsessed with death, the nihilistic version of, of of the character, it's it's it has a like I don't know spin to it, or it has a a, a you know, I, I don't know that also has a novel to it. But I think the 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 I'm doing this for the betterment of mankind rings more true with people nowadays. I mean, we have a lot of movies and fiction that are that is going. I mean, Inferno, uh, the Tom Hanks da vinci code movie like is is the same thing as we have too many people here right like we got to kill off some of them for so the rest of us can actually live yeah i mean it's the same plot as like kingsman one also uh Mm -hmm. that was a a really popular story angle for a little bit (laughs) this is true (laughs) i mean and then and then as as these last batch of marvel studios movies the mcu movies we we have I would I would say better villains, right? We have more either sympathetic or compelling villains. Like Killmonger, um Baron Zemo, Thanos, even Hella. Hella and even Ghost. Yeah. Ghost in the next movie. Like she really just wants to live. Like she just doesn't want to hurt anymore. Yeah. It, yeah. And so it's it in this third phase, I, I really enjoyed a lot of the the villains. Yeah, I mean like we also had some good ones up front as well. I mean, Loki is so compelling just to begin the story with um I'm sure you can make some arguments about like oh Red Skull he's just a Nazi but even more evil. Uh but <laughs> but is is Loki compelling or is Tom Hiddleston just that charming? Yes. Just, Loki yes. in the first movie is definitely compelling. Like his his actual role of being like this sort of shit starter uh living in Asgard. Like and part of that is the performance. Like the eye work of Tom Hiddleston in all the scenes where he's like basically goading Thor into violence. Uh-huh. Like sure. Yes, Tom Hiddleston's performance makes it work. But the like he he is an interesting character in this like just truly chaotic force. True. Yeah. I don't know. I mean like I, I think the, they didn't want to have a. Some people want the world to burn kind of perspective on the character, but that's kind of what we needed for the character to be uh, as truly terrifying as he could be. Like if he was super obsessed with Hella, like and if they got Kate Blanchett back in this, not only would you get a scenario where you have a dude who's willing to do anything for his girlfriend, and so that's like some some <laughs> weird energy right there. Um, but then also you would get this element of bringing together all the villains on that side too, which is, I think one thing they have elements of, but they don't solidify enough in this movie. Like we know that Thanos is responsible for the forces that were being used by Ronan, the accuser. And we know that there are the Chitari. And I know we got into an argument on the stream about like, are they Chitari or are they sister species? And my point on that one is that no, we get proper Chitari in the next movie. And that's cool. But like, how about more? Like there was rumor that they were going to have like the dark elves. Like it should have been like all the big villains coming together that we could. Yeah. Uh, You know, and then, then that the red skull showing up in that, in this movie too, just sort of solidifies it. Whereas like the first movie, 
the first Avengers is like, let's get all the heroes together to come come up against one threat. And like, what what threat could be better than the classic Loki? This is like, all right, so let's we need to get literally every hero together because now all the big threats, like or at least the ones still alive, are <laughs> now in play. And, and as much as I liked to see the Red Skull again, because we hadn't seen him since the first Avenger. I am kind of upset about like, well, why is he there? Like he got zapped by the space stone. No, which one was the one that was in, in the cosmic space It's the, it's space. It's the, it's the teleporting stone. Um, The 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 Tesseract acted as a infinite source of power because it opened a dimension. uh, It opened you up to any sort of power source out there. I keep getting the Tesseract confused with Loki's scepter. True. Like, can I bring up this point? The Tesseract, or pardon me, Loki's scepter is the dumbest goddamn plot point in the MCU. <laughs> I hate it so much. I don't like Thanos. There's no way Thanos wouldn't know that the Mind Stone is in that damn scepter, and there's no reason Thanos would ever give up the Mind Stone once he had it. It, yeah. it was entirely a narrative convenience thing, and it's so dumb. Oh, I mean, all three, like the the Reality Stone, the Power Stone, or wait. The soul stone and the 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 space stone are all retroactively become stones. Like I, you can't tell me that the the ether was supposed to be a stone when they did Dark uh, Thor: The Dark World. Well, they say it though in the movie. Do they? Yeah, the post credits. No, but that's post credits. That doesn't count. Yeah, but in the movie they drop <laughs> they drop the line. That's the first time they reference an infinity stone. Like, yes, it was a surprise when the Tesseract became one because we just thought, oh, it's a cosmic cube. They're just not calling it a cosmic cube. Right. Uh, but it's clearly a cosmic cube. Red Skull even held it up in his hand, just like the scene from the fucking Captain America comic. Uh, but you know, whatever. Like, if you want to consolidate all that, fine. Ego being a celestial, also nice consolidation. There's way too much to try to explain to like a non-comic person <laughs> like <laughs> uh but, yeah but the scepter it just it doesn't make sense and i like i love the way they introduced vision i thought that that structure was so perfect it's such a wonderful true to the comics but also fusing him with adam warlock um and letting him play that role which sadly we don't get more of him playing that role mm-hmm. um because like it like the the cocoon they build him in is looks like a, a mech version of the Adam Warlock cocoon. You know the fact that it's like the way they describe the sort of synthetic perfect person feels like Adam Warlock, and then it's the Mind Stone instead of the Soul Stone. But at the same time, like you know it it fit really well. But the fact that they had it because of the damn scepter that like they just like Thanos was like I'm gonna give my my dude the thing that I've always wanted or one of the six things I've always wanted so that he could potentially lose it <laughs> like it, that just doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> which he did immediately <laughs> i, I want to go back to the point about um getting all the bad guys together because i feel like this is my other one per show um <laughs> it would have been really cool to do but they kill off all their bad guys everybody except for thanos like everybody all- except for thanos all of the big bad guys have have either like been maimed to the point that they cannot do it anymore, or they die. Abomination. And what was like that? Abomination. Yeah, I, 
though. He's the only one that's left. I mean, he's he's left from the the origin story, but he I think he's just talking about the Are you just talking about this particular movie, Ian, or are you talking about all the MCU movies? Well, I'm talking it, about like, it's a superhero movie problem, and it's a problem with villains yeah. in general. If, like it's like the thing about villains is that if you're going to have them be powerful enough, then the threat of their continued existence is really difficult to justify because they're so dangerous. Like uh, it's the super criminal scenario. It's the, you know, like Zod scenario, like, man, can you like, are we just going to let him be out there? Like he could come back and literally kill a planet Um, or, or do we kill him? And for a comic, you need to, you need to save them so that they can keep coming back. But then it becomes its own form of joke. Like the, like, is it a revolving door on Arkham Asylum situation? But like, even with like the like Killmonger, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think they needed to kill him. Where would you put him? He has the the purple herb or per- whatever it is in, inside of him. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm not saying by any means I have a solution to it. I'm <laughs> saying that like killing him, you killed a great, compelling villain. You killed somebody who has awesome story points and a very easy to track like end goal and that's an overarching plot point that you can use like he's somebody i'm not saying he needs to show up in like the ensemble movies but that's somebody who can keep showing up in black panther movies or anybody in that part of the world or anywhere in the world even he's killmonger you can just run into him on earth and i'm really upset about that because like you just you, they're, they're, I feel like they're painting themselves into a corner with how just like disposable villains are. I, but I think that's a bigger problem of comic book movies in general, because that was like from the 89 Batman movie, Joker fell off True. the helicopter. Like, you know, I think like Killmonger is an interesting example because I think that he he very easily could have survived. And like his decision sort of creates it. I mean, there, there's an element of like the writer versus the character. So like the character's decision to to die I think is his own way of like having a victory and that if mm-hmm. Bozeman were still alive, you could imagine a scenario where Bozeman is being haunted by the visions of black Panther's past. And that would include Killmonger in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, you could definitely have like a, like an evil force ghost, like Michael B. Jordan, uh, which I are words that I think he would love to hear. <laughs> I, I, would, I would love that. And during our black Panther episode, we talked about that. Like, yeah, so, well, I'm well, sorry, I'm not caught up. <laughs> no, no, you're you're fine. I'm not I'm not shaming you in any way, shape, or form. I was I I brought it up because that was Mitch's point that he made. So I was trying to segue into him talking, but I think I might be on a delay. No, oh yeah, maybe a little bit. That's <laughs> yeah. It, the idea at this point would be that uh, Shuri goes into the the realm of kings or whatever that is, the plane. And she gets trained by Killmonger in that dimension because she needs his ruthless style of fighting to to take on whatever it is that's going to be the thing in Black Panther 2. That would be really cool. I'm so but, upset. Like, I, that I like I just, that you just what? I just put together like that's a story for the, the Black Panther like vein through all this and i'm upset that i didn't think of it during the black panther episode yeah i i mean like let's i would say like we should look at the characters that they actually gave up on because like so red skull was supposed to survive and then be in avengers one and they decided to just focus on hiddleston because they thought it was too much um i mean that's why we get the big sequel bait at the end of captain america one um well i mean don't we also i mean hugo weaving 
doesn't want to come back. Right. There's also that, but like, uh, uh, so there's all the reasons why he didn't come back for Avengers one. And then we get to not Hugo weaving in this movie and he's still alive and out there. And in theory, you could do another story with him now that the infinity stones are gone. Um, but uh, so like Red Skull's still out there. Abomination's still out there. Ironmonger needed to die because he's not interesting. Like he's, he's <laughs> I mean, fair. I like I think Jeff Bridges did a great job performing the, the part. And I think that the character is a good foil for Iron Man in the first movie. Like I think the first Iron Man movie um, has a bad rap because there were a lot of movies that did like, here's your evil dark side equivalent character. Um, but I it, like he's just not that interesting long term. Um, you know, Sam Rockwell's still out there if you wanted to do something like that with Justin Hammer. So, um, like, who cares if Whiplash is dead? Um, let's see. The uh, Leaper's still Ronan, out. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ronan the Accuser's dead. Then, uh, fuck, sorry. I'm <laughs> I mean, I don't want you to sit here to go. You have to go through them all on your own. So, yeah, Ultron can easily come back. Like True. That, that's his shtick that they like, we finally wiped him out of the internet. Uh, oh, someone had a, Did you know, someone had a hard drive something that like, out of the internet. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like literally the only way they could justify it in that movie was magic. They're like, I have the space to, or the mind stone. I can, I can freeze them in place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was pretty much the only way. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a way that you could sit there and say that Darren Cross is still alive. There, there's a way that you could say that, um, uh uh dang it well zemo's still alive i mean like oh. I, th- I think ultimately uh like ego could theoretically be still out there and more importantly there's other um there's Celest- other celestials p- potentially out there i think that the, the thing is like the ones that they have killed and because again it's a problem with all superhero movies marvel specifically the ones they have killed are either the most boring ones or the biggest ones that are kind of crazy and out there like the the egos and the ultrons being wiped out they're like potentially big hive intelligence that are so far beyond our way of understanding that they are potentially planetary or galactic threats or they're individual humans, which are like kind of irrelevant. True. So going forward, what did we watch in this movie that you, you can see coming back to bite them in future phases? I think this movie and in game as a pair kind of, the the biggest issue is that it it kind of does finish up the saga. Mm-hmm. Like I know it's definitely like this is the jazz scenario. This is they were they were doing really good improv, but they came to a really good ending, and it's hard to imagine them having a really compelling story that that builds on this universe. It like feels like they need to reboot at this mm-hmm. point because they did such they did such a great job telling like the big Avenger story. And like my buddy Malfoy, um he like his whole thing was i spent all this time i got to end game he hasn't even seen far from home because he was like i'm that that's my off ramp like True. end game like we did it i finished the story i'm i'm burnt <laughs> i'm burnt out on superhero movies i'll probably be back later but end game is the end of the story yeah, no, I mean it's why they, Kevin Feige calls it the Infinity Saga. Like that's the end. The, the in Far From Home is just the epilogue. It's the the help the thing to help you transition to the next phase, which we will never get at this rate. <laughs> that's what makes it so much weirder. <laughs> Disney, if you're listening, because I know you listen to to everything that's put out about you ever. Um, 
I think Mulan did pretty good. Well, you could, they you could give us you could give us Black Widow. They announced like, it today. They announced it today. Black Widow is going to May fifth or May seventh, two thousand twenty one. I didn't see that, and I'm mad. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so essentially, for the MCU, the year 2020 just did not happen. <laughs> it doesn't exist. <laughs> well, that's not yeah. true. I guess we're getting WandaVision in November. Like, I don't, I, I don't know how that's going to work. I wonder if there's going to be any anything that's supposed to have been in Black Widow and Eternals because I think Eternals was supposed to come out this November, also, wasn't it? I think so. Be February. Yeah, I think everything's well. The, the thing is, black like Black Widow has always been the next one to come out. Right. So they've been pushing everything back as they go. So that it that's going to be. I think watching WandaVision is going to be interesting because in, I'm sure it was supposed to have. I, I I'm sure it's going to have something to do with Doctor Strange, but it, I'm wondering if it's going to have anything from the Black Widow movie that we will we would have known about, but not known about. Well, Not if it about. does, then when Black Widow comes out, we'll catch it and be like, oh, that's the thing that we were supposed to understand in WandaVision. Yeah, probably. So yeah. obviously that's the, the relationship between Wanda and Vision is going to be playing into the next phase or the phase that we're in because uh, their relationship is so much more cemented in this movie than it is in previous movies. Uh, do you think that they earned that? Because the last one we saw them in was Civil War, right? Where the two of them are kind of playing house, but they're not really romantically involved. Yeah, it's... I, I mean, we get a little bit of it in, in Ultron. Civil War, we're continuing it, and now we pick up a few years later, and they have a full-on relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, do we need to earn it? Again, like, we're okay with time gaps as a as a concept. Like, did we need that middle movie? Um, no, because they're informing us that like that relationship has blossomed and we've had at least two points to determine the line to get here. Um, is it earned is a different question though, because like, uh, you know, it's a, it's a robot man. And how cool is that with, with all that? Like, I don't know. (laughs) I I wanted more vision in general. I'm just happy that Wanda's happy. Like she's had such a rough life and she watched her brother get shot up for trying to save her and Hawkeye. It was. It was just trying to save Hawkeye because he was saving the little kid. Right, right. Um, but like, she's lost so much. Like, let her have her robot man. Also, like, I understand that Vision technically was like made only a couple years ago at this point. But like, the age difference between Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen kind of creeps me out. I don't know if it's favoring me. Well, as as a an omnipotent robot. I don't know if age is a thing at that point. No, you're right. That's but I'm, that's what I, I hope that doesn't make me sound like weird. <laughs> well, the question reason. is like the actor versus the character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I think the decision to have Paul Bettany be Jarvis was really good back in Iron Man one, and oh. then the growth of Jarvis into Vision I thought was really good for us to relate to a character who was so new at that point. Like, like think about how much had happened in age of Ultron when all of a sudden vision was introduced into the movie. Like it's a long time into the movie. And all of a sudden we've got a new superhero and you've got a Cape. Like, <laughs> and it was very like, Hey, hi, what's up? I'm vision. Cool. So we keep going, right? Like that's, that's the whole beat for visions like birth quotes. Yeah, it was a very yeah, violent. He's like, oh, 
I see. And like he's he's maturing very quickly. <laughs> uh it, okay, character wise was we had like we said the whole black order is wiped out. So we're not going to be worrying about them going forward cuz I assume in end game all of them are also wiped out with Tony snap, right? Yeah, that like we see it with the maw and it's pretty clear that like all of Thanos's people are are killed. Again, Aside from the Maw, who I think is the only one that we directly see, maybe the big dumb guy. Uh, like, I'm sure you'd have to like go back and look at the shot. Like, the, there's probably at least one that like we didn't actually see die on camera, uh, but it doesn't matter. And they kind of were just mooks anyway. <laughs> we, we saw the Ranger and the Rogue die. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Barbarian, I think, lives, and the Sorcerer Bard uh gets absolutely ganked so i think <laughs> if you don't if you don't count gamora there's four of them right yeah okay because yeah. gamora's their fighter yeah <laughs> right and, and nebula was kind of their monk like she had she yeah, had sticks she had kendo sticks as her fighting she's style got like a, she's got like a weird like multi-class going on she just had to keep multiing to try to beat Gamora, and it just never worked. And this, <laughs> well, she's like a three-five a... character where it's like I, I have to take how many prestige classes to be a, a worthwhile melee character? Exactly. She's <laughs> she's the three-five character. Let's take a step into D anD D for a second, where she is absolutely min-maxed, but she still loses to the Timmy player. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if that made sense to you, you were winning extra geek points <laughs> <laughs> you are in fact the geek elite <laughs> yes welcome in here's your media uh, um I, I i can't really think of any other characters that's really introduced in this movie that we would have i mean because obviously we have all the characters in this movie already uh yeah. we need to in- introduce more but yeah, yeah, arguably they introduced too much. Like the 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 Black Order didn't need to exist in this movie. It could have been again. You could have brought in previous villains that like Thanos brought together. Um, I will admit, Ronan dying court sort of put a, a crimp in that plan. If you wanted to have like that side of things, um, but yeah, yeah, like you could like Red Skull certainly could have been like one of the leaders of the and like who the fuck cares about like someone just showing up and being like, yo. Hey, it's this way. Like you didn't need that guy. <laughs> abomination. Like abomination could have took the place of the barbarian black order character, right? Like, yeah, like, I don't know how you'd get there though. <laughs> oh, I mean, Thanos could have just like snapped him out of whatever prison the shield has him in underneath. Wouldn't he be on the raft? Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. He's probably on the raft. Yeah, I have this like head cannon that you could easily do abomination as like a wetworks character working for ross uh at this point like he yeah he went nuts when he first transformed he's probably still out there though like he's too valuable an asset um and you could have a very good like team of him war machine and the winter soldier uh if you wanted to do a dark avengers kind of you thing know, like a cool thunderbolts movie exactly or with zemo yeah <laughs> <laughs> sounds familiar <laughs> Yeah, but like think imagine this one. So like I forget I I I'm terrible with the the Black Order's names because like they're kind of like I said they're just kind of mooks and I didn't read those original comics when they came out. Like uh imagine if the guy who has the hood like while they're fighting just had the hood on the whole time at that first point and when Cap shows up he pulls the hood back and it's Red Skull. Like how fucking crazy would that be? That would have been pretty cool. Yeah. I would have been like hold up. <laughs> 
can we rewind this in the theater? I need to see that again. <laughs> More movies need to do that though, where it's like literally like the movie's playing in theaters, and all of a sudden there's a pause button. <laughs> and like a the, the theater has to the theater has to vote like super majority to be able to rewind it to see that spot again. <laughs> horrible i would not want to be in that theater at all <laughs> um I, yeah all i can remember is is proxima proxima midnight uh yeah and, I, and, so, and what is it yeah whatever <laughs> i'd like to go on record and say i never knew any of their names the only reason i remember <laughs> the maw is because like he's dead and thanos is like i take it the maw died or something to that effect and it's just like okay i remember that line like, <laughs> like do they even say any of their other names in this in the movie i i know they don't say the the ranger and the the barbarian's name well i think they do no glaive or something like that or like maw says the the barbarian's name yeah, oh yes, when he's like, uh, are you feel like are you feeling up to it or whatever it is on Earth yeah. when he fights Tony and everybody in the park? Yeah. Yeah. But, but so take out the Maw, replace it with Hella. Okay. Like works really well. Red to go <laughs> also. Like you could you could have made it more of a like an team up kind of thing. Yeah. I'm I mean trying to think you... of Oh sorry, much go ahead. No, I was gonna say, wouldn't you have put Hella in Proxima Midnights? spot like because she's because she's a girl (laughs) yeah hold on mitch hey she's the goddess of death like clearly if anyone's gonna like also she just generates swords out of nowhere like if she she could easily have like all kinds of magic projectiles coming from everywhere (laughs) (laughs) okay fine whatever doesn't doesn't matter like again this is all hypothetical uh i think if if we were going with the the death angle uh i always thought it was funny that Thanos even did anything like it was very much so I'm doing this to impress a girl because mm-hmm. like she doesn't need help <laughs> no. no like if if she wanted to she could just be like cool I'm gonna do it I'll, I'll just do it move <laughs> and uh, I, don't, I want that conversation in a movie <laughs> just move just um, why are you doing this I could do this myself obviously I don't want this done like are we real right now really <laughs> Where do I yeah. mean? Where where else would you go, you've gone with with uh, with this movie if you were it, if if you were to to have gotten a different final scene? Their case, what would you have done? A different final? Oh, like in terms of the the breakdown? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know because like we were we were texting about this after I like rewatched it the first time. Um, where like looking back now, like as this this movie is the like is the the movie we wanted with the subversion at the end like it the it's so triumphant when we get to thor showing up like we you know we think he saved the day we we get all of that um it, you know it's this huge team up it feels like avengers one but bigger uh in all the ways that are really satisfying and we get to the end of the movie and they actually lose and it's such a nice touch and then the next movie we kind of thought it was going to be more of that and then they're like all right well how do we subvert that and change it and like mix it up so it's not just the same movie again um like this one the only like the only way you'd get the same movie again is if they they did that where they killed off the the heavy hitters and left like all the second stringers to like pick up the pieces which would be setting up sequel bait and like setting up a like a future scenario I don't know. I don't like I I really like this movie. There's like some areas where I'm like, well, why didn't they just keep on falling on 
like on Wakanda? Like, why did they start landing on the outside or why didn't they go underground to begin with? Like, why did it go, you know, X, Y, and Z. And part of that is just time and narrative convenience. And we just needed to get to a point where they lose. I think the, I think the, the biggest thing that I liked, cause I feel like I've been harping on it really hard. I liked this movie. I need to make that very clear. <laughs> I really enjoyed this movie. If you watched it on stream with us, we had a lot of fun. I enjoyed this movie. It's the only movie so far that involves Thor that I actively cheer for Thor. Ooh. Not even yeah. Thor Ragnarok. Like, Ragnarok was good. I, I had fun with Ragnarok. I just didn't really, like, Thor in the first one. I was like, all right, cool, it's Thor. Like, he's going to do Thor things. The Dark World, garbage movie. I I cannot stand that movie. <laughs> 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 it is so subpar for a Marvel movie, and we can talk about how it's early on, and they were trying to get their feet still. Whatever, it's 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 a doo doo film. Um, and then we get to Ragnarok, and I'm like, all right, like I could be down. Like you give me the you gave me the humor of Ragnarok. Like, oh hey, this is I'm this is um, me. Of course, <laughs> piss, piss off, ghost. Like that kind of stuff. I liked the movie, but for the for the humor and the not Thor parts. And yeah, then, Thor doesn't win that movie. Like he 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 realizes what the actual conditions are. He decides to stop mm-hmm. playing that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah. I'm with you on this one. I think this movie does an amazing job of having Thor live a myth. Yeah, and I from the start, opening up on the Asgardian ship, everybody is laid out. Heimdall is in pieces, like almost literally, and. You just have this like, oh man, what's the like? I'm 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 hooked. Like this is Thor's movie. Like it's an Avengers movie, but it's about Thor. True. And I finally have a moment to go. This is awesome. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and then the part when he's like sitting there talking to Rocket about all the loss that he's had, you're just yeah. like, yeah. wow, I didn't think about that. Through all of these movies, he has had quite a bit of loss. He's the one that's lost the most. Yeah. He's he's the one that's lost the most, and he's still the one who has the most to lose. But he also has the most hope. Like he's, yeah. he's constantly optimistic. Like it's in just, this movie, yeah. <laughs> yes, in this movie. And uh, I'm I'm so excited about that because I didn't like not liking Thor. Does that make sense? Yeah. That makes Where sense. like ev- all of the other heroes in the MCU have something redeeming for me. Like Tony, he's sarcastic and it's funny cap. He's cap. How are you going to hate cap? If you hate cap, you're wrong. Tweet at me. Let's talk. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and like the list goes on, but then we get to Thor and I'm like, I mean, he's just kind of there. Like we have Thor so we can have Loki. Like that's how I felt about him for a long time. And then we get to this movie and it's like, Oh, this is why we have Thor. We have Thor to go get Stormbreaker and to come back to Earth and miss a uh, immigrant song chance, and <laughs> it's just like and to just be Thor and and whip like whip some ass. That oh that that's yeah. a character uh, Peter Dinklage's character. Could he yeah. show up in the next Thor movie? I think so. He could. Like, I, I I mean it it was, it was nice that the the concept of a dwarf is relative. Yeah, in this in this universe, <laughs> I mean the concept of a dwarf star. <laughs> yeah, the uh, I, I I just do need to gush about that whole plot thread for a minute there because, man, like 
what you were saying about having all the other characters having a thing that you kind of liked about them, it makes sense for Thor to be the issue. Like Thor is a god. He is not a human. All the other characters are either humans or human adjacent things that we've been with. Um, like Thor is, you know, they, he's like, they, he says it, he's like 1500 years old. He's like lived this like crazy, completely out there existence that defies, uh, defies understanding because he has super science that can read a person's vitals, but at the same time they use swords. Yeah. Like it's all over the place. And then we get this movie where, he uh, goes on this amazing quest. He speaks with trees and fights with animal critters, uh, goes and finds a dwarf, restarts a sun to create a forge, to create an ax to fight a fucking Titan. And it's a God versus a Titan, like, which is such a nice like detail as well. Like it's, it's so wonderful at creating this like true, truly epic moment there that we couldn't have gotten without stakes that big for Thor to feel like he matters, you know, mm. like Captain America, they did an amazing job with Captain America, making him somehow feel intimately relatable. Like his whole quest in like winter soldier about finding his place in the world and brotherhood and so forth feels very true to anyone kind of coming into their own. And like Tony Stark as this person being like, I have so much potential, but I feel like I've wasted it my whole life. How do I make it work? Also feels some, like something you can really relate with uh, black widow feeling like she has sins in the past that she needs to redeem we can relate with Thor is a God of lightning. Like how do, how do you relate? To that? <laughs> He's so handsome. How do you relate to that? His arms are so perfect. How do you relate to that? Like there's nothing that you can really <laughs> properly, properly relate to until you, until you're like, Oh, the quest is that big. Then all of a sudden you can relate to it because it becomes a metaphor for our own struggles. Mm-hmm. He's a pirate angel. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, also, this movie cemented the uh, the thing about Thor, which they've actually done since the first movie. But uh, the Thor just rolls with it c- component. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is the it doesn't matter, like it, whatever weird circumstance where it's just like smiling, just like smiles and they take a picture. Perfect. Uh, this drink is great. OK, moving moving on. Uh, what stop on the tube is the it, for me to get to the battle? Oh, do you take two? It's like, OK, cool. Like it just rolls with it like that. That thing that they've been building. This is the movie where. Like, yep, he's dealing with trees. They talk about, like, uh, um, uh, Kevin Bacon as possibly a member of the Avengers. He's like, oh, I don't know. May- maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. Like, <laughs> doesn't been in a while. Yeah. <laughs> like, they may have had a roster change. I don't know. Like, just, just keep on moving. He just rolls with it. It's fine. Like, this is the movie where you're like, yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It it, it never matters what circumstance you put Thor in. He'll adapt. Yeah. Exactly. I like him. I like him as the bridge. Like I know he's always gonna. Be, he's always been set up to be the bridge between, like a Earth rainbow and bridge. cosmic Avengers. Like to to bring the, the cosmic bridge. Avengers to Earth. Yeah. <laughs> I that took me a second. I was like, uh, I get it. <laughs> but I like how they did it. That it wasn't just all of the guardians rolling up on Earth to yeah. be like, oh hey, what up? No, it's it's Thor, Rocket, and Groot. And then you get Rocket to Earth, and he instantly starts doing his own thing. He's not reliant on anybody. He's his own independent character, because he goes and he finds Bucky, and he's like, that's a sick gun, and I want your arm. Hi, <laughs> let's talk. Like, he's just out here being Rocket. He doesn't care what planet he's on or where, like, what time it is. He's just going to be Rocket, and Groot is teenage angsty Groot. But then you have Thor coming in just like, hi, I got an axe. I like your y'all beard. Need, yeah, y'all need help? Like, let's go. <laughs> oh, can we uh, speaking of Groot real quick? Um, just to, just to sort of like keep gushing about the Thor arc. Groot's arm is the handle of Stormbreaker. Is such a cool thing. Like 
could you could imagine like Sigrid or like Heracles or someone having like a story like that where it's just like oh yep like a a, a a tree giant had to like like we needed we needed an arm that could could or, or rather we needed a handle that was so perfect and the, this tree giant like extended its finger and like all of a sudden that became the handle for it and now for forevermore that tree giant is missing a finger uh, <laughs> but i i hold it in my hand as i cleave through the the, the mad titan thanos <laughs> uh wait 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 where does Tom Cruise go in this movie? I was gonna ask you the same thing, Chase. <laughs> if you if you weren't if you aren't completely up to date, or if you oh, I, I'm familiar past. with the Tom Cruise. Who does he okay. play? Scenario. <laughs> yes, um, I was just making sure because I didn't want you to be out in the dark here. <laughs> no, I've been listening. Who I just didn't Tom listen Cruise to the Black be? Panther episode yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm judging you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a good question. Who would Tom Cruise play in this movie, considering how many characters we've already gotten? <laughs> Sure. Well, we could we could finally admit to the fact that uh, that Tom Cruise is not that tall and just sort of play with it, and he could be the dwarf. Yep, I was thinking uh, too. <laughs> but it's just regular uh, size he, Tom Cruise. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but to Thor, he is a dwarf. Right. Mm-hmm. He's so yeah. tiny. <laughs> um, go or, or he could be one of actually like, the, make him the black order. You you make him smaller. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the other option is to make him the Black Order, like one of the Black Order. I mean, yeah. he could he most likely would be the. the Mog gets the most lines outside, or it's it's approximate midnight is the girl, right? And so right. she she and the Mog get the the most lines. The other two are basically just the, they're like enforcers, right? Um, so one of those two characters, uh, I could see Tom Cruise with hair slicked back playing some sort of weird magician character. He would have to run instead of like hovering weirdly, but uh, it, it would work. I was going to say, there's not enough stunts for him to do as the Maw. <laughs> he would find a way to actually float. <laughs> That's actually what happens when you get to be a high enough level with Scientology. Ooh, um, you're going to get you in trouble. Get to, you just get to float. <laughs> uh no yeah i mean it's it's really there's not many roles in this that yeah. he could be so I, I i would have to say what's the what is peter dickwich's character's name does anybody it's remember like e-tree or something e-tree yeah. on boromir yeah. something like that so i, got it up I right think now. we could have i think yeah we it's e-tree tom cruise um the spirit guide for the soul stone oh instead of having the instead red of a, instead of bringing back red skull for it you just you you just make it Tom Cruise. Like he's a completely different you, we don't need to know the name of this guy. He's just the spirit guide. Like, oh, he could him. be like Pip the Imp from uh from the actual Marvel comics. And he could uh, uh he could be like, Come on, keep up, I'll show you the way. And he actually just <laughs> show the way. perfect running for him, and then you would have to have a scene where where Thor sees him or somebody sees him and just like that is impeccable running form. all right uh case i think i think you might have to come back for endgame because this was a great time i i would be happy to because like the thing about infinity war is that endgame is such a like is a reflection of it and a uh a twist on it because uh they like infinity war came out so in a way that like i didn't actually picture i figured they would just do more when they went to go make Endgame, they're like, well, how do we make a subversion of it and not just do the same movie? Right. They found a way. It's a really impressive pairing. And at the, like 
looking back now, a year post for it all coming out, it's like, wow, that was that's a really good like six hours of movie making right there. <laughs> right. <It's true. clears throat> but yeah, I'd I'd love to have you back. Let's let's do this. Let's do this again. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that, that sounds good. You you guys could take a little break for a little while. You got two movies to watch in between. <laughs> talk about your tiny people and your super flying people. <laughs> go go on and talk about your flying people. <laughs> or or your tiny people who fly because they have wings and then. Uh... <laughs> Case once again, where where can we find you? Tell us about certain POV. Uh, okay, so all of my stuff is at certainpov.com. Um, so again, I got three shows on there, but we got so many other shows. Uh, we got Friends of the Network, Let's Rewatch has a show on there. Uh, we, we got shows on books. We got shows on Mass Effect. So if you're sci-fi fans, we got a really cool one. They're doing a playthrough of the series and like trying to like really get into their uh, their thoughts and emotions as if they were really playing that Commander Shepard on, uh, on Reignite. Uh, we got video game series like Fun and Games. We got uh, book series like uh, like Judging Book Covers is a new one. Uh, but my shows are Another Pass, which is a movie show, Men of Steel, which is a Superman and comic show, and Scruffy Nerf Herders, which is a Star Wars D&D show. Uh, all that's at certainpov.com. Awesome. And people find you online? Like, do you, oh. do you give out your Twitter handle? Yeah, I'm at Case Aiken. Uh, the, the, these days, these dark times, it's hard not just to be like, man, the world. Ah, ah, that's that's a lot of my my feed. When I'm not doing that and when I, I feel less terrible about the world, I talk a lot about Superman. Uh, I had a series <laughs> going called uh, Superman Analogs. I need to get back into it. I felt really weird when, like, uh, there were a lot of protests happening. And, like, I was like, I don't feel comfortable uh, being like, look, look at all the good thing about this character when it felt like the world was on fire. Um <laughs> I don't know. So I, I got to get back into that. But uh, yeah, at Case Aiken on Twitter and yeah, Twitter. <laughs> Ian, where do you, where can people uh, you beat me to it? <laughs> <laughs> the delay worked for me. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> hey, what's up, gang? If you've been listening to us, you know, I'm Ian. You know, you can find me at twitch.tv slash Ian Flux. Normally, we would stream this as we record it. But it's a little bit of a mix of I'm lazy and my internet was being stupid when we started, so I really didn't want to push my luck today. Uh, you can also find me at IanFlux12, that's I-A-N-F-L-U-X, the numbers one, two, over on Twitter. Please talk to me. <laughs> He's lonely. <laughs> yeah. And Mitch Defer, where can they find Geo? Oh, uh, well, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia, G-E-M, G-E-M stands for Geekly Media. The rest of Geekly Media is at Geekly Media on Twitter, at Geekly Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, geeklymedia.com. Uh, if you want to check out all the exclusive material that we have on Patreon, we have a Patreon account. Go and uh, be a part of that. We have a really cool Patreon voted exclusive uh, coming out this Friday, which case is one of our patrons. And I want to say thank you for that. Uh, that uh, it was voted on in the poll that uh, we create a, our own comic book crossover event. So Ian was a part of that. So mm-hmm. you I should, uh, make sure you, yeah, make sure you uh, come and talk about that or come and listen to that on uh, Friday. If you are one of our patrons, um, also, if you listen to this as a podcast, please rate and review us on whatever podcatcher you use to help spread the word of our network. But then also go and listen to stuff on certain POV network because they make a lot of great material over there, too. 
I heard if you listen to stuff on either one that you're really cute. Is that what you heard? I heard, I heard that, that people that too. yeah pe- people that listen to that listen to to not just this show but other stuff on uh, like other geekly media shows and certain POV shows. Uh, I hear they're just really cute people. So like, like what's up? <laughs> That's awesome. I'm gonna keep spreading that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good rumor. We should pass it on. <laughs> exactly. But until next time, this is Journey into Mystery on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek out. Geek out. out. No, you still have to say it. Geek out. Sorry. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to say it or not. (laughs) No, always. Always. This concludes our broadcast. Peace.